Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck, and welcome to the Word at My Church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and get your Bible in your hand. And I want you to repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do by hearing its word and applying it by faith, it'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever in Jesus name. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Father God, to share your gospel. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for all of the platforms, Father God, Lord, that you utilize, Father God, Lord, for the spreading of your gospel. And Lord, we bind every contrary spirit, every demonic force, any technical demon, Father God, Lord, that will try to hinder, Father God, your gospel from going forth. Father God, Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you would move me aside, take my place, Preach to your people. Teach your people. Father God, Lord, that the word would go forth unhindered, unchecked by my flesh. Father God, Lord, that they would not see me, though they would not hear me, Lord, but they would hear you. Father, Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you would transform us, Father God, from the state in which we are, Lord, into the state that you intended us to be. Father God, what you created us to be, Lord, that we would become, Lord, your change agents in the earth. Father God, that every place that our feet would tread upon, Father God, would become territory for you. Father God, Lord, that we would have the influence and impact, Father God, Lord, in the places and in the lives, Lord, you created us to. Father God, Lord, that we would become leaders, Father God, Lord, in every sector of life. And Father God, we thank you for that. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that your word says anytime we can see, hear, and understand, Lord, we can be converted into that which we see, hear, and understand. So we're coming, Lord, for insight, foresight, and revelation. Pour out from one heaven. Father God, Lord, that we would receive all that you have available for us. And Father God, we thank you today in advance for all that you're doing. Father God, and it's all for your glory. Father God, none for us, Father God, but all for you. And we thank you, Lord, for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, if you've been with us, then you know that this is the year that God wants to restore the church to the place of greater influence and impact. And for the past few months, we've been talking about that process of restoration. We've been dealing with all of the things that are necessary in order to experience what God desires for us. Because when God talks about restoration, he's referring to the original state of his will for us. Prior to the fall of man, which was perfect, something that we have never experienced before. And that's why we've been spending so much time dealing with restoring our minds, our wills, and our emotions, our speech, and even our perspective. Because Having some concept of the original condition 
or state of that which is being restored is essential to the restorative or restoration process. See, because so many people, when they hear that word restore, they think going backwards. They think taking me back to a to the place where I was. But God's trying to take us to the place that we've actually, we were originally created, not somewhere we've ever been. And I told you, it's more important that, that it's even more important that we have a firm foundation. Because if the foundation is not stable, any attempt to build will be unsuccessful. There are some spiritual materials necessary in, in order to secure our foundation. And we started talking about the foundational principles of the church. As a matter of fact, open your Bibles with me once again to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And when you get to look at verse 13. Matthew chapter 16 beginning at verse 13. And here it reads, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but by my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Here we see that the church was established on the revelation that Jesus is the son of the living God. And why is that so significant? Because sons have the characteristics of the father. So the church, the ecclesia, God's governmental agency in the earth was built upon the foundational principle that Jesus is who God is. And I told you, in order to be restored to that place of greater influence and impact that God intended for us to have, we must grasp the fact that we are who he is. Uh, what do you mean, Pastor? He said, upon this rock, the revelation that I as a son of the living God, have the same characteristics of my father, I will build my church. So the church, the ecclesia, God's governmental agency in the earth, has been established on this foundational principle that as sons of the living God, we have the same characteristics of our father, which means we have the same identity and authority that Jesus has. Now, I know some of you are still struggling with this concept. But have you ever wondered why each week we begin by reciting our Bible confession before receiving the word of God? Because in order to have the impact and influence that God intended, we must believe that we are who God says we are and that we can do what God says we can do.
And the enemy is constantly trying to convince you to the contrary. But if we don't believe that we are who God said we are, then we really don't believe that God is who he said he is. Oh, did you hear what I just said? See, if we don't believe we are who God said we are, then we really don't believe that God is who he said he is. How, how do you figure that, Pastor? See, God created us in his image and in his likeness to have dominion. And the Bible declares, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So that means we have the same identity and authority that he has. So if we don't believe that we are who he says we are, then evidently we don't believe he is who he says he is. Or oh, somebody type in the comments, we are who he is. Yeah. Okay, pastor. I understand that I have the same identity that Jesus has. Because the Bible says, as to as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. So I get it. I'm a son, just like he's a son. But it's the authority thing that I've been struggling with. Because, let's face it, he's Jesus. He did miracles, signs, and wonders. And now he's sitting in heaven with all things under his feet. Yeah. But did you forget that the Bible also says that we were seated with him in heavenly places? See, the problem is we've allowed the enemy to convince us that we are less than who God says we are. And that's why we're still struggling with these foundational principles. But can I help you this morning? Go over to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. Because God realized that this is an issue for us. Isaiah chapter 55. And look at verse 8. Here he says to us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, the reason why the church is not having the impact that God intended is because we don't see ourselves the way God does. But watch this. The Bible says God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. So when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. Somebody type in the comments, I am who he says I am. Yeah. Well, that being the case, Paul reminds us that those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign as kings in life through the one 
man Jesus Christ. Because once we grasp that concept of our kingdom identity as a son, as the righteousness of God, then we will change the way we operate. See, the reason Jesus walked in such authority was because he knew who he was and he understood the full extent of his authority. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The full extent of our authority. Is that all right? See, the reason why Jesus had the impact and influence that he had in the earth was simply because he knew that he was not subject to anything in this world. Instead, the world was subject to him. As a matter of fact, turn over to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And when you get there, look at verse 21. Ephesians chapter 1. And when you get there, look at verse 21. Here it reads, and now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. I'm reading this from the Passion Translation. It says he is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. Okay, pastor. But once again, that's Jesus we're talking about. Yeah. But didn't I just tell you that the scripture said, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Now, I can see some of you are still struggling with this concept because you've allowed the enemy to convince you that the reason Jesus had authority was because he was God. But go over to John chapter 5. Oh, I'm really about to shake up your apple cart this morning. John chapter 5. And look at verse 26. John chapter 5, beginning at verse 26. Here it says, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, 
and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. Oh, did y'all hear that? See, Jesus did not have authority because he was God. He had authority because he was a man. Oh, now, now, now what I'm about to say is about to blow your mind. It's about to mess up your theology. But before you turn me off, trust me, I need you to hang with me for a few minutes because what I'm going to tell you right now may sound like blasphemy, but if you get it in your spirit, it's going to absolutely change everything about your life. See, watch this. While you are in awe of the authority that Jesus walked in, when he came to restore the church to its rightful place, the reason he had it was because of you. What are you talking about, Pastor? Now, this is some real chicken and egg stuff. You know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Right here. See, because we do recognize and reverence the fact that Jesus existed as a part of the triune God in the beginning. The Bible says in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and then the word became flesh and dwelt among us. But in order for Jesus, the man, to come and to redeem us and restore us to our rightful place, to walk in the authority that he had on the earth, he had to be born of a woman. He had to put on flesh. He had to don an earth suit. He had to submit to humanity. Because God had bestowed the authority down here to men. And that's why the Bible calls him the second Adam. Oh, watch where I'm going. So the truth is, while the enemy has you doubting the fact that you have the same authority Jesus has in the earth, you actually had it first. Yeah, I'm going to pause right there for a minute and let you take in all of what I just said because I know I just said some stuff you ain't never heard before. But I can prove all it to you in the scripture. As a matter of fact, turn over to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. 
And look at verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Very familiar text. Here is the very creation of man. And it says, then God said, let us. Who's us? Us is the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's having the conversation with the triune God. The God council is having a conversation here. And he said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness. And when he's talking about man, he's not talking about male. He's not talking about female. He's talking about mankind. He's talking about the human race. He's talking about the spirit man that will dawn flesh and operate in the earth. He's talking about the church, the ecclesia, the called out, the governmental agency that he is going to establish here on this planet. The emissaries, the ambassadors that he's sending to colonize this world. To rule over, to establish dominance and have authority here. He says, let us Make man, this new species, this new godlike species. Notice I said godlike because he said, let us make them in our image and our likeness. So they must be godlike. He says, so I'm going to create a new godlike species, a species that looks like and operates like and has the same kind of characteristics that I have. That we have as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He says, let's create them in our image and in our likes. He says, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth. over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, you might want to highlight some points in your text. Highlight that word us. Highlight that word them. Highlight that word dominion. And highlight all the earth. See, because he said, let us make man. In our image and likeness, he said, and let them have dominion over all the earth. Now, this is what I call the spades principle. What are you talking about, Pastor? Now, if you've ever played spades before, I'm not talking about somebody who's just teaching you how to play spades. I'm not talking about somebody like my good friend Akintunde who, who doesn't know anything about spades. He just, he just heard it. He's seen it played before. Somebody's tried to teach him before. I'm talking about if you're an experienced spades player, then you know the person who keeps score knows that there are only two teams 
See, you don't write down uh, the Tuckers versus the Warnocks. You don't write down the Joneses versus the Johnsons. You don't write down. No, there are only two teams ever when you're writing the score. This is a lesson for you new, you, you spades newbies. If you're learning how to play spades and they're giving you the assignment to keep score, when you write down at the top of the paper, there are only two teams. That's a us and that's them. Oh, I'm trying to help you right now. See, there's a us and there's a them. There are two sides. Us and them. That's the spades principle. And here we see it in effect. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're on the us team. Mankind, we're on the them team. And when he's dealing out the cards... The us team has dominion in heaven. They got the big joke. But the them team got the little joker. They got dominion in the earth. So in order for Jesus to have authority in the earth, he had to switch teams. In order to restore us to our rightful place, he had to have the right card to play. So that means he had to be on the right team. So for you to marvel at the authority that Jesus had when he walked the earth, he's only playing the hand that you were originally dealt. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. See, watch this. That word dominion means a king's authority, rulership, lordship, oversight, stewardship, ownership. So you see, we had the authority. And Jesus came. The reason why he came to the earth was to show us who we really are to demonstrate how God intended for us to operate. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, for this purpose, the Son of Man, Son of God, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So what are the works of the devil? Well, the Bible calls him a deceiver. So if he's a deceiver, what he does for a living is to deceive. So the purpose that Jesus, the son of God, was manifested was that he could destroy the deception that you aren't who God says you are and that you can't do what God says you can do. It says he has blinded the eyes of non-believers. So if he's blinded the eyes, if that's what he's done, the purpose the Son of God was manifested was that he could destroy that work of blinding people so he could open your eyes so you could see that you are the one in charge. So the only thing that keeps us from having dominion and walking out God's plan for our life is the lack of revelation. 
The fact that we don't understand the full extent of our authority. Hosea puts it this way. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. In other words, they don't know who they are and what they are capable of. As a matter of fact, go over to Psalm 115. Psalm 115. Oh, I'm telling you. It might not be blessing you, but it bless me. And I'm telling you, if you get this in your spirit, it's going to change how you live. Psalm 115 and look at verse 15. Here he reads, may you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. Spades principle. See the heavens he kept in his hand, but the earth he dealt to you. The problem is we've allowed the enemy to convince us that what God has said about us was not true. We've allowed him to deceive us, but the purpose that Jesus came was to destroy that, that deception, to restore us to our rightful place. See, in the scriptures, God refers to us as gods, as kings and priests. Well, gods are not subject to the laws of this world. Kings are supposed to walk in authority. Priests should have a positive influence on the lives they come in contact with. And that's what God expects from us. See, the word authority means delegated influence or the right to command. And as the church, the ecclesia, God's governing body in the earth, our authority gives us a right to wield God's power. Oh, I need you to hear what I just said. As the church, as the ecclesia, God's governing body in the earth, our authority gives us the right to wield God's power. But you've got to believe it. Because one of the main reasons why we as God's people don't exercise the impact and influence that we've been given is because we don't think it'll work. Because we don't understand the full extent of our authority. Go over to Ephesians chapter 6. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody today. Ephesians chapter 6. And look at verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 10. Here it reads, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Here Paul tells us that we are to operate in the strength and power of his might. See, we've got the authority, but God has the power. So he's the one who makes things happen. 
But even though God has delegated influence to us as believers, there are many believers who will continue to live beneath their privilege simply because they are focused on their own abilities and what they can do in the flesh. See, like Peter, they are stumbling block to themselves because they are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. As a matter of fact, turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And when you get there, look at verse 1. See, God has you in the earth right now for such a time as this. I get so sick and tired of hearing believers complaining about how bad things are going, how dark it looks outside, how, how, how troubling it is, how worried they are. Oh, do you see all the stuff that's happening on the news? Well, guess what? Darkness is the time for light to shine, and the Bible calls us the light of the world. He said, no one lights a light to put it under a bushel. He said, and God didn't give you the light to hide it. You're supposed to be influencing the world, not being influenced by it. Look at verse one. He says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. That's why I don't watch the news because it's not news. Paul told me this back then. He says, in the last time, perilous times going to come. He said, yeah, this stuff going to happen. He said, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastfuls, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. See, the problem with just going to church instead of actually being the church is that we can look religious, sound religious, but not comprehend the full extent of our authority. So we have no influence or impact on the community we are a part of. Or the lives we come in contact with. See, for too long, we have patterned our lives after the world. And that's why Paul tells us, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Go over to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. I'm trying to get this in your spirit. I'm trying to help you receive this revelation because there's a way God intended for us to live. Philippians chapter 2, when you get to look at verse 5. Here he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Notice that word let. It's voluntary. In other words, you've got to do so by choice. Remember, Paul said, present your body a living sacrifice. Well, what's the difference between a living sacrifice and a dead one? 
And a dead one has no choice. See, in the Old Testament, when the priest offered a sacrifice, he killed it before he offered it up to the Lord. So it was dead. It had no choice in the matter. But Christ, the perfect lamb, gave his life voluntarily. And we ought to follow his example. Look at verse 6. He says, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. In other words, since he was the image of God, Jesus knew there was nothing wrong with thinking he was just like God. He was willing to submit to authority by giving up his position and reputation and taking on the likeness of man. Coming in the form of a servant. Look at verse 8. He says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. See, Jesus made a choice and humbled himself. He placed his will below the will of the Father. Because even though he had been given authority, he understood in order for his authority to remain valid, he had to submit to authority. And by doing so, he humbled himself and took on the form of man. And because of that, he had the legal right to intervene in the affairs of the earth. As a matter of fact, go back to John chapter 5. Oh, I'm almost through. John chapter 5. But I need you to catch this. John chapter 5. Just got a few more scriptures, but I need you to get it. John chapter 5. And look at verse 26. Again. It says, for as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted this to the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. See, God gave him the ability to dispense divine, to dispense justice or divine law at his discretion. And he's given us that ability as well. As a matter of fact, he tells us through the psalmist to defend the poor and the fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and needy, deliver the poor and needy, free them from the hand of the wicked. See, God expects us to use our authority to impact the earth. The problem is we still lack revelation. Look at John chapter 14. Go over to chapter 14. And look at verse 12. Look at verse 10. I'm sorry. John chapter 14, look at verse 10. Here Jesus says, do you not believe that I 
am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. See, Jesus understood this was not about him. All he had to do was say what God said, when God said, and heaven was obligated to back him up. Somebody type in the comments, we need to pay attention to his example. Look down at verse 12. It says, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, Well, the works I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. See, we have the ability to do the same things that he did. All we have to do is follow the pattern. Verse 13 says, and whatever you ask in my name, I will do. The father, that the Father may be glorified. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. See, that word ask literally means command. So he said, any command you issue, in the authority of his name, he will back you up. But you, in order to issue a command, you have to believe and understand the full extent of your authority. Notice what he said. He said, I will do it. See, authority allows you to wield the power you don't personally possess to do things that are beyond your physical capabilities. Watch this. Turn over to Luke chapter 10. I'm about to let you go. Last scripture, but I need you to see this. Luke chapter 10, and look at verse 17. He says, then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Go down to verse 19. He said, the demons were subject to us in your name. See, you've got to get a revelation of what's in the name. In verse 19, he says, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall be by any means hurt you. See, the reason why you've got to get a revelation of what's in the name is because your authority is no good unless you have faith in it. So until you grasp the full extent of your authority, the fact that God has given us the ability to command the very power of heaven, you won't have the influence and impact that he's given you. Watch this. My, 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 my oldest 
is in graduate school. And she's 23 years old. She'll be graduating from graduate school next year and she'll be a full-fledged adult, as, as, as most people would say. But right now, I'm still taking care of her. But in order to prepare her for life, to set her up properly, her and I were talking and she was talking about, well, how do I establish credit? How do I do these things? Because you're taking care of me. But I don't have the ability to do some of these things because I'm not, I don't have the power of my own. Basically, I don't have the power, the financial power to get to this place. So watch this. So what I did was I made her an authorized user on one of my oldest credit cards. By doing so, she becomes a benefactor of my credit history. So now she's authorized to use my credit card. So she has a credit card that has a limit that's way beyond her earning potential right now. Oh, watch this. I've given her the ability to command my financial power. But if she doesn't grasp the full extent of that authority, she'll walk around like she's broke. See, she'll walk around and something will happen to her car and she'll be sitting there going, I don't have the money for it. And I'll be like, how you figure? You got my credit card in your, in your wallet. See, because I've authorized her to utilize my name. And that's how some of us still are. We're walking around in this earth like we're broke not realizing that we have the resources of heaven at our disposal because he's put our name on his account. We have access to the healing, to the deliverance, to the peace, to the finances, to the very power of heaven. He said, whatever you command in my name, I'll do it. See, watch this. She's got a credit card with her name on it. But it's tied to my name. So whatever she charges, I'll pay for it. Whatever she commands, I'll do it. Why? Because I authorized her but she has to understand the full extent of her authority otherwise she won't be able to have the impact and the influence that I desired her to have I'm telling you you got to get this concept you got to recognize that God has given you authority and you got to learn how to operate it you got to understand the full extent of your authority. 
you have the ability to wield the very power of God. And if you're listening to this day, you're like, man, this sounds amazing. I, 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 I just, I, I can't even grasp this concept. How do I do this? I'm, my life is so, so broken. Well, the first step is you've got to come into relationship with me. See, because only my daughters and my wife have access to my financial resources. That's because they're in relationship with me. And so you've got to first become a part of God's family in order to get access to his resources to become authorized. That's not the reason because first of all, the biggest reason is to understand you can't make it without yourself. You need him. And see, watch this. That relationship of need cannot be one where you think you get to use God's resources and do what you want. Because salvation is free, but it comes with a cost. You've got to give your life to him in order to access his resources. I told you the only way that your authority stays valid is that you're submitted unto authority. Ooh, watch this, Holy Spirit. See, the reason why my daughter is authorized to use my card is because she does what I tell her with it. See, if she goes, starts charging willy-nilly, then I cut off her access. But because she submitted to authority, because she follows the rules that I've set in place, because she, does, she, she, she doesn't do anything but what I say, she is backed up by all of my resources. Hmm. And that's the life God wants for you. And if you desire that today, you can have it. The Bible says all you have to do is confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, that God raised Christ from the dead, that he loved you enough to give up his son for you. Jesus hung, bled, and died on Calvary's cross for you. And he was raised from the dead for you so that you could live. And if you desire to accept the offer, all you've got to do is be willing to give him your life in exchange. If you want the life he has for you, you've got to be willing to give up the life that you have. And if you desire that today, pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus Christ died for me. And I want to make him my Lord and my Savior. I give him permission to make my every decision. Be my father. Make me your child. Teach me how to live for you. And if you pray that prayer, you're now part of the body of Christ, the family of believers, and there's nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in this journey is to find a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church. And if you desire that today, follow the instructions on the screen. Go to our website at www lovemychurch.org, click contact us, fill out a connection card, send us a message, let us know you received Christ today. Or you desire to be a part of this ministry. And one of our ministers will get back to you. They'll send you a message. They'll let you know 
next steps, how to connect with us, how to help walk this out, to teach you how to become what God desires for you to become. That's our desire. For help you become better. To help you realize all that God desires for your life. We're virtual ministry, but we have all of our resources available. We have people who will connect with you. We have all of the things necessary to help you become who God wants you to become. And so if you desire that today, just go to that website, follow those instructions that are on the screen. Second, if you've been blessed by this ministry and you want to help us continue to do exactly what we're doing, sharing the gospel of Christ all over the world, empowering people to become what God has called them to be, helping them make a difference on the earth. If you want to help us do that, then sow a financial seed. You can use Cash App, dollar sign, My Church Lynchburg, PayPal.me forward slash My Church Lynchburg, or you can use the Givelify app. However you desire to give, just know that your gifts are going to help us continue to spread the gospel of Christ. We have done a we have made a huge undertaking in founding this streaming platform, the My Church Channel on Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV. The apps are available on your Apple and your Android phones, tablets. You can even find it on your PC. But we this, this is a huge undertaking. But we do this because we want there not to be any excuse not to get the word. We want to make sure you have all of the tools necessary to be a well-rounded believer. We want to make sure that as a man or a woman, that you have what you need as a couple, as a marriage. If you're struggling with, with substance or, or if you just need some encouragement, whatever it is that you need, that all of those things are available to you. And so we, we have put all of the resources of our ministry behind making sure that believers have what they need. And if you want to help us do that to change the lives of believers, sow a seed, sow your tithe offering seed into this ministry and help us continue to do what God's called us to do. Make a change in the lives of somebody else. But thirdly, if you've been blessed by this message, make sure you share it with somebody who you know needs it. Because I'm telling you, it's going to bless somebody's life. But God bless you today. I love you. I'm Pastor Tuck. And I will see you again on next time. Stay tuned for our announcements. Thanks for watching The Word at My Church. At My Church, we help people get better by teaching them how the Word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church on the Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word at My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word at My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.